Charlotte Davy, you're an Irish Jesuit and you're based here in the community in Galway. And you've been totally associated with the Spirituality Centre down the years. Can you give me a bit of the background and history to the centre? Yes. John Humphreys was appointed rector here in the community. And it was around that time or a little bit before it, we closed the parish because of declining numbers. The provincial was keen to set up a couple of spirituality centres. So we asked John if he could do that in Galway. So a house came up for sale on Eli Place, which is on Sea Road. And with the help of the province, we bought it. And so we had a centre and it was John and Conal O'Quinn. What year was this? And that was in 2006. Right. Now, the house, was there much needed to be done? For people who don't know it, Sea Road is a lovely road. It's quite a big house, isn't it? And had they to do a lot of work or was it eminently usable? It, it was usable. I don't think at the start too much was done. So I came here the following year and John was involved in running a special director's programme. And then when I came, I was asked to... to start a prayer guides course with Angela Marson, who had been involved with Manresa. So that began. So it was just John and Connell and myself as the team. And then Angela was working with me. And then Sister Maura McDowell began to help out on some of the courses. And then Una was involved with it, had done the spiritual directors and was involved with the spiritual directors course. That's Una Allen. Una Allen. And then John said, I think the time has come to bring these three women onto the team. And that was, that was a big uh, change. And uh, I perhaps wasn't over keen. But, uh, and, and why not, Charlie? What, talk me through the thinking. And I suppose I was just comfortable working with the other two. And I just felt uh, there'd be change if there were three women coming along. And of course there was. And they were younger and they were, you know, enthusiastic. And coming back to the house, they thought the house wasn't that great in, in terms of its looks. So over the years, a lot of work was done. I mean, not structural work, though we did have one or two leaks that caused trouble. But they helped to decorate the house room by room, as it were, over the years. So that was one contribution. But they also had different ideas, like they thought we should run a conference, which was run under the title of uh, uh, Voices of Hope, Echoes of the Divine. Nearly 200 people came. Was that the Sister Helen Prejean? Yes. Yeah, that was an amazing conference, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. We had quite a number of speakers. The governor of Mountjoy was one of them, and there was a a doctor who'd worked, an English woman who'd worked as a doctor and talked about her experience of working with Muslim women. Teacher, I think, as well. That's right. Yeah, Westport, yeah. Yes. So then onto that team, then Connell then left to go to Milltown, and then Ender came on, Ender Callahan, for a couple of years. And then he went off it after a while. But the big shock was when John got ill. And that was took place really about April. And poor man with this brain tumour, he was dead by October. So that was a big blow for the centre. And Moira McDowell held the ship together, as it were, as coordinator for, I'm not sure how long, a year or a year and a half. Then Jerry Clark came 
And Jerry had just come back from JRS in South Sudan and other countries. So he had lots of plans and lots of life. But Gardner Street needed a parish priest and he was taken. So we were without a leader again. Eddie Cosgrove then came after a certain time. And Eddie steadied the ship and we worked well with him. I remember he initiated Lenten spiritual directed retreats online. That's right. We had a Lenten retreat for many years and it was really the opportunity to pray with scripture and to, to be accompanied by a guide once a week for the five weeks of Lent. So he uh, and I think Moira McDowell was involved with it as well, decided why not try and offer this online. And that worked well. Yes, it did. Yes, I, um, I'm not sure how many, but a number of people did it online. One of the ideas, I suppose, was to reach out to people who were on the margins of the church. We were fortunate to have Brendan Comerford come twice to do 20th century mystics and mystics old and new. Very good talks uh, that we were held in the Galway Bay Hotel. And we got good numbers, like 60, 70, 80 people. We also had workshops for spiritual directors, so more limited numbers by invitation, really. Brian O'Leary would have come and done things with us. We had a lady called Colleen Brown, who did spiritual direction and trauma. And then there were invited speakers, like Brian Grogan spoke on decision-making. Mary Caldwell, who writes in the tablet, spoke on the environment and Mother Earth and our Earth, our home. So we did have some contact with parishes. There were a few guided weeks of guided prayer done in parishes and in the university. You yourself went on the streets of Galway, am I right? Was that part of the outreach? Uh, Well, I did uh, once or twice, but no, it wasn't part of the spirituality sense. It was more, it was part of Tabernua. And that was a, a thing that John did he decided to make contact with other centres. So there's Tabernua, and they were into some uh, street evangelisation. We made contact with Krinua, with the, which is the MSC, the Missionaries of the Sacred Heart, their spirituality centre, and the Diocesan Pastoral Centre, and Esker, the Redemptorist Centre, and even with the Franciscans. Once a term we would meet in one or other's centres and have a, have a lunch. Now, when we had the conference, they helped us out, but at least we were in touch with mm. each other. We knew, got to know each other and what each was doing, so we wouldn't duplicate. Yeah. And you opened the centre to other groups who could use it as well, isn't that right? That's right. So we have a, a Monday morning group of women who reflect on the gospel for the coming Sunday, They've been doing that for several years. There's a a local parish prayer group who've been coming on a Wednesday evening. Amy had a Dive Deeper group. The Ignatian Identity group uses it. The school chaplain uses it for the Kairos preparation, for his leader's preparation. Other groups have used it from time to time. The school even uses it for the oral Irish and yeah. German and French exams. Yeah. And I should mention Eddie, this was something that Eddie began. We have a lunch club and the lunch club is run by COPE, which is a Galway body that helps homeless people. 
but they have a series of lunch clubs throughout the city for older people who are living on their own. So a group of six to eight to ten people come for their lunch. They pay six or seven euro and it's prepared in, in our house. Because there's a lovely kitchen there yes. and a big aga stove. Right. and yeah. Exactly. In terms of then your experience of John widening the committee and the three women coming on, mm. you talked about your initial resistance, mm. very honestly. Did it work well? Were you happy then that that had happened? Ah, uh, yes, I think it was right that it happened. It was right. Now, it's always a challenge working in any team, whether it's lay or generous. Um, and we had a very good thing. We were very regular about fortnightly meetings. There was an introduction, a little small prayer, and then a check-in. And that was a very valuable I don't know whether that was from the right from the start, but it's been there for years and years. So each person had a chance for maybe a minute, two, three minutes more to say how they were. And often people weren't just Mm. things were coming at them in their family or their community or whatever. And that built up trust in the group and helped us to be respectful of each other and supportive. Is that a Jesuit practice? Because I know myself, I'm in a group with Mm. Jesuits and we start up with a check-in. And it is very helpful because it allows people to be honest and to land. And I feel it makes me more tolerant of other people because you think people are coming in full of the joys and then they might say something and you cut them some slack in a meeting after you look for some slack to be cut for yourself. Is it a Jesuit practice? I don't know where it began, or but I suppose we would say we would encourage people to pray from where they are. You go to God as you are and not as you'd like to be. As you'd like to be. And likewise, I think if we work together, we are as we are and we're not the same every day. And I think if we know that, and this was a, a very useful little formula that allowed people gently to say where they were and sometimes there were tears and it made us more supportive and I think more understanding of the pressures that people have to live under or work under. So the centre was successful. There's been an outreach from the prayer guides to knock. Is that correct? Mm. Talk Mm. to me about that because in my discussion with Father Willie Reynolds, he was hopeful that that may be a direction that the The, uh, the outreach where the centre may go. Yes, this has been a very providential development. Angela Marson had been the coordinator of the prayer guides in Knock. In Knock, like in, uh, this started, I think, in, 19, uh, in 1990, I think, Brian Grogan and Phyllis Brady. I think the, the priest in Knock, the parish priest, wanted something of a spiritual nature more than the traditional prayers, valuable as they are, but he wanted something more personal. And so they started offering, say, 20 minutes, 25 minutes of praying with a piece of scripture. And so there would be a leader who would guide the session and get people relaxed. There might be music, but generally there'd be a gospel or a a phrase of scripture and she would lead them into a silent reflection on that. That used to happen three times in the day, which was was organised under a coordinator who arranged who'd be on what weeks. What session? Exactly. 
and and there was a team for each week of the season, the pilgrimage season, which is roughly April to October. Angela would have been the coordinator for a number of years. There were other coordinators before her and there were others after her. So that was one link. So we made a link with Patricia McCarthy, who's the present coordinator some years ago, and she was very interested in training more guides because they're always... Some guides are getting older and you need new guides. Moira and Angela and Father Tom Fendlin, who lives in Knock, have been for a number of years running a prayer guides course. And that will continue this year and next year. So that's from the centre, but running it in Knock. That's right. But from, if you like, I suppose... After Christmas, it'll, it'll be Angela, Moira and Tom who are running it with financial support from the centre. But into the future, it won't be the centre. But hopefully it will continue in Knock. And they already have a Jesuit week in Knock. And so hopefully some of the work that the centre did will continue in Knock. And I think the present uh, parish priest, uh, Richard Gibbons, is, is very keen on this. And I heard from Vera Coughlin about the woman of the well mm. that was hosted in the centre, getting in touch with the Divine Feminine, the trips to the Aran Island with mm. Padraig and Tansi, and just the variety of things that happened here, which was a great gift for, for people. Your reflection on the closure, Charlie? We had a lovely drop-in farewell day a couple of Saturdays ago, and somebody said it's a bittersweet day. People were very grateful for things that they had done in the centre. Yeah, it is tinged with sadness. One person is part-time paid work, so that's hard on her. And Moira has given a huge amount of time, Sister Moira. Uh, so it, it is a, it's a break. But I suppose we're all moving on. It is hard to see it go. Could it have been otherwise? Who knows? But I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes something has to close and then it'll take off somewhere else. And I think one of the places where it may take off is knock. Yeah. So overall, when you look back, happy memories and a good 13 years. Yes, I think I can say that. I have to qualify saying that. After the first couple of years, I began to work in the primary school in Scullignoid. And as the years went by, that became bigger. So I wasn't as involved as I was at the start in, in the last number of years. You're here in Galway and is your work now with still with the schools? It is, yes. I would be quite involved with second class and sixth class, confirmation and first communion classes. But I try and visit the other classes not the very small children, but the other classes from first class on once a term. Sometimes I come away very consoled because, you know, they're, they're full of questions and all the hands, the hands go up and you can't give too much time to any one question because everybody else wants to get in. So sometimes I find they're very open. It's good and it's a support to the teachers, even physically just that they can rest their voice or go out for a cup of coffee or whatever. Yeah. So good, good young energy keeping you young, Charlie. Exactly, exactly. <laughs>